I went into remission in 2008. You want to find what tastes good to you. What are your values behind food? What are your values with your health? I had a sense of control. Hi, Aviva. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I had a wake-up call, very rude and sudden sudden wake-up call. In 2007, a month after my annual gynecological exam, I was diagnosed with late-stage ovarian cancer. And of course, this was stunning news to me because I considered myself a healthy woman who did medical checkups, exercised, and importantly, ate a lot of dairy for those bones, lean poultry, fish. However, cancer happens, and there I was. So I immediately had surgery, started the chemotherapy, and months later, I read an article in our local paper about David Sherbin Schreiber, and he was a physician, and he found he had cancer by mistake, brain cancer, and he wrote the book, Anti-Cancer, The New Way of Life. And of course, I got this book, and this book really opened my eyes to the relationship between food and disease. I had never considered what I was eating was impacting my health of myself, and especially this late-stage cancer. So this started my journey, and I started reading more, going to conferences, and learning and learning. And within not too long, I started transitioning my diet because I started to see the relationship between what we're eating and cancer developing, in particular dairy. We are told that dairy is so healthy for a woman. And I then was learning that dairy is actually related to hormonal cancers, breast cancer, prostate cancer ovarian cancers, gynecological cancers. And this information has been out there for decades. However, it is not part of what we get in our healthcare systems for various reasons. So sure enough, I started eliminating the dairy, eliminating all animal products. And I say this because Late stage of very cancer does not have a good prognosis. Most of the time, it, it comes back within 24 months because it's resistant to chemotherapy. And so multiple rounds of chemotherapy are often the protocol. And of course, I was scared and anxious, especially with two teenage daughters at home. But I resolved, I'm going to do whatever I can and with grace and dignity. And I slowly, over a year or so, made the change to total plant-based eating. And I have not looked back. Here it is. I went into remission in 2008. And here it is 12 years later, and I have not had a recurrence. So I've made other lifestyle changes, of course, when I started doing 
yoga, stress reduction. But I really think a point that really gives me a sense of self-control, a sense of empowerment is what I consume on a day-to-day basis. So that's where as an educator, I started to, I have to let other people know this. I had to dig for this information. Other people shouldn't have to dig. So that's when I started to do presentations, to write articles. I took early retirement from my job as a professor of education so that I could focus my energies into educating people about the power of plant-based eating. And so that's where I am today. Really amazing. I'm just blown away by that sort of transformation. So what were some of the changes that you sort of noticed along the way that let you know that you were on the right path? Well, one change is when I first was going through checkouts, you'd get every three weeks, you get blood work, you get a scans every so often. And I was so anxious to go and get the scans and then go to my doctor's appointments and get the results. As I say in my book, at one point, I had a close friend FedEx me Xanax for the next day. So I can keep it in my pocket when I was going to get my scan. Okay. And each time I would get my blood results and it would come back. Okay. No sign of cancer. My scans, no sign of cancer. And I heave a sigh of relief. Okay. I got my life back at least for three weeks. And then it went again. And then the, my treatments would start spacing out. And I go to my appointments three months. And again, that was like the anxiousness and anxiety. Once I started to learn and to implement plant-centered eating, my anxiety started to dissipate because I had a sense of control. I didn't say it completely disappeared, but it started to turn into a sense of empowerment. A really, really um, important sign on the signpost on the way. That's really beautiful. What were some of the sort of challenges that you encountered with, you know, this drastic lifestyle overhaul and how did you overcome them? Well, there are challenges, you know, but that's like things that are worthwhile. If we put the, we have the will, which I did, and you put the effort and the perseverance, you can deal with the challenges and they're small and compared to life, you know, the fact that I'm have my health. One of the challenges, of course, is dealing with family, friends, people who are looking at you like you're crazy and uh, foolish. Where do you get your protein? You know, how are you going to keep your strength up? So you have to learn to over time to say, this is working for me. This is, this is, I'm doing it. I looked at the research I've been reading. As I get my knowledge up, this is working for me. So that's one challenge. And the other thing, you're going to be swimming upstream with a standard American, standard Western diet, but you have to swim upstream with the school of other people. So that was a really big challenge because when people transition that there's a huge number that end up falling back into their meat-eating ways and processed foods. And the main reason is they feel isolated. There's no social support. So that's one thing that I started about six or seven years ago as I was going through this. I thought, we need to form a group. So I started a support group. And I remember I had 12 people in 2014, 12 people. 
who wanted to be in this support group, I now have over 1,500 people. So once you start the seed and once you get the word out and once you persevere, it's amazing the community you can form that understands just how important what we consume is into, you're changing the environment within your body. You really are. So to make yourself healthful as opposed to dealing with so many of these chronic diseases. Yeah, So I'd love to hear a little bit about some of your current day-to-day, you know, diet and, and wellness practices that you use to keep up that, that health. Sure. This is the other suggestion I have to be. You want to find what tastes good to you because if it doesn't taste good to you, you're not going to do it. So, and then you have those staples that you just keep on hand day to day. So I eat a lot of oatmeal because I love oatmeal. In fact, when we were, they were able to get 50 pound bags of oatmeal, I was ordering in bulk. So I always start oatmeal is my, my go-to. And this is the other thing I want to say, just interject that when you're doing plant-based eating, it's not lettuce into all these, they call rabbit food. You need energy. And the energy comes from complex carbohydrates. So for each meal, I always start with, okay, where am I going to get my complex carbohydrates that will give me the energy and the fiber? And that's so important because there's no fiber in animal-based foods. So oatmeal, I eat a lot of oatmeal, grains. I always have grains handy, rice, pack them up in the freezer, quinoa, farro. I mean, there's such a range of grains that you can have. Sometimes, or I like the uh, multi-grain breads that you can have. So it's, that's my day-to-day is uh, for each meal. I make sure that I have a complex carbohydrate and I also will keep my blood sugar steady. And the other thing then is variety. So I, I eat by color. Because the more colors that you can integrate from the fruits and the vegetables, the more that you have a synchrony, these these nutrients are going to work together to maximize their effect within your body. So I try to get greens in daily, get some maybe some tomatoes, get a variety. I use a lot of frozen because they're easy and I don't like to cook, so I like easy. And the other thing is I always have snacks. I'm always having food with me. People laugh at me, but wherever I go, there's going to be some food in my purse, in my car, a pack of oatmeal, some raw nuts and raisins, a piece of fruit, whatever, because you don't know when you're going to want to go and pull out something that's going to keep you satiated. That's the other thing. If you're going hungry, you're going to grab whatever's there. So keep yourself full, your stomach full. And the other lifestyle change is so important is yoga. I, you know, I started this in 2008 and it has brought me such peace that I can't say enough about it because it is not just a physical act. It's also that mental, emotional, dare I say, even spiritual act. So I, I do my yoga and I got certified. So now I teach yoga. And it's just a very important part of my life. And then the other thing is some meditation, especially during this time of the um, COVID crisis. Yeah, 
wonderful. I love that hearing your perspective about, you know, finding what works for you, whether it's, you know, diet or sort of a, you know, wellness practices and just tailoring that to you. I think that's really, really important advice. I'd love to hear, I know you mentioned that before you had all this information, you really had to dive deep and you felt like it was hard to, to find information. And so you sort of transformed your mission into, you know, using your education, your career as being able to give that information to others. So I'd, I'd love to hear about how you feel that that sort of transformation took place. Well, a lot of the information, you'll, you'll be reading a lot of information that is technical or, or wordy. And I recognized from my years as a professor and the other, the textbooks I have written and the work I've done as, as a professor of education, that you want to take that information and make it user-friendly, make it very readable, make it doable by and breaking it into steps. So when I do presentations or whatever, writings or whatever, I try to break it down. This is what you can do. This is how you can do it. And also adding some reflection because it's not easy to change habits. So changing habits is a part of reflecting on how important food is in your life and what are your values behind food? What are your values with your health, internal health? What is your motivation? You know, I always say to start with a mantra. My mantra is I really, really, really don't want cancer to come back. So if somebody puts that cheesy meaty lasagna in front of me, there's my dog. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's really important to know your why. So I think that's a great, great point that you're bringing up. Yes. Um, so as we're sort of moving towards the, the end of the podcast, I'd love if you had any sort of functional resources or advice that you'd love to give to listeners who may be on a similar path to yours. Well. My first advice is to there are so many wonderful resources out there that make it easy to transition, that give you lots of feedback. If you go on my website, plantbasedeatinghub.com, I have a resource page. You can email me at plantbasedeatinghubgmail.com and ask any kind of questions that you want, I will be glad to get back to you. But there are organizations that are committed to changing people and not and into plant-based eaters. And not only that, but giving them the support, the information so that they can sustain, really adopting a new, new lifestyle. Well, one thing I want to say is that it's not just your physical health. When you go into plant-centered eating, you are also impact your cognitive health and your emotional health. They're all intertwined. The other thing is you can make it simple and easy. It's not complicated. So it's easy to feel overwhelmed, but know that it happens in steps. You can, you can, there's, there's, as I said, resources to guide you. The other thing I would like to say is that plant-based eating is profound. It is a profound health effect on your health and well-being. 
You cannot underestimate the power of eating plant foods. Thank you so much, Sally. It was such an honor to hear about your journey and to get the space to interview you. And thank you so much to all of the listeners for um, being here with us in our journey. And hopefully this will help catalyze your journey as well. If there's any comments that you have about this episode or suggestions for future episodes, we're always open to, you know, ideas, suggestions. Mm -hmm. If you would like to even be on the podcast, please shoot us an email at journeythroughhw at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week.